Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. TCK Potters, happy Thursday. Scott and Daniel back with you previewing the week 14 games and their fantasy implications. As always, make sure to email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag TCKPod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. this guy right here where you have a man-to-man right here you see he gets penetration right there you know when you run away from him he's gonna run you down and he's one of those guys who will get penetration yeah, he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled <laughs> that's when you want a medicine back stuff get that back his hands are so big and strong in fact they get penetration on both sides there's two footballs on the field and then when they wear those powder blue uniforms, oh, man, that is it. I mean, how can you lose a guy six foot five at 305 pounds? When a center goes to block you like that, you can't punch him. Daniel, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Uh, for the first time in TCK Pod history, you and I are side by side in the same room doing this podcast. Uh, High five. We've been playing. We've been playing a little, doing a little sleepover the last few days. Guy's been my wonderful house guest. It's been yes, great sir. to have you. Thank you. Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, it's cool. I'm excited. Awesome, man. Super stoked to be here. It's nice to be back home in the Bay Area, and uh, very nice to be here. So shout out to shout out to Sarah for putting up with our our silly <laughs> habit here and. Um, having a lot of fun doing this. So let's let's get right into it, man. We've got a bunch of games this week. Everybody back on the slate. Nobody's got to buy anymore for the season. And we're getting right into it tonight. We've got the Jags on the road facing the Tennessee Titans. Jags are plummeting. Titans are hit or miss, depending on the week. Marcus is a little bit beat up. How do you feel about these guys here? Uh, in my opinion, this entire game is really one player that I feel really comfortable putting out there, and that's Leonard Fournette, uh, who's been actually pretty much a beast since coming back from his uh, suspension. He's receiving a shit ton of touches. Um, and Tennessee has actually been, for all their defensive prowess, they've actually been torched by opposing backfields, so, uh, particularly over the past few weeks. So I think uh, this could be a, a huge game for Fournette. Other than that, I'm avoiding everybody else. Uh, I don't think there's any Titans that I'm feeling uh, particularly thrilled about this week. I totally agree, man. Usually we go back and forth and each of us pick a team and you know we discuss one team and the other yeah. one discusses the other team. I got to be honest, though, man. I'm not, I'm not really 
can't really make a case for the Titans here. I'm not into Marcus. He's had struggles throughout his career against Jacksonville, um, home or away. Corey Davis has been absolutely destroyed by Jalen Ramsey um, in his career and A.J. Bouye. Uh, last year in two games, he had uh, four target or five targets, four catches, and under 80 yards total in both of those games there. Don't like that. Not into either one of the running backs there. John o. Smith, not against Jacksonville. So I have to agree, man. Fournette's going to come back after suspension. He looks fine. I think you fire him up and sit everybody else. Any other comments on this game? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you hit it on the head. Uh, ten, you know, I, I suppose if you really want to make a flyer, you can throw out Deion Lewis and see what happens. But he's been te- pretty lousy these past few games. And Derrick Henry's remains a touchdown only option, uh, touchdown dependent option, I should say. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm with you all the way. Fair enough. Uh, the Titans are ten and three at home since 2017, which is the second, sixth best home record in the NFL. But I think this is going to be a uh, kind of a, a, a slug fest um, and, a, and a slow game here, a close one tonight on Thursday night football. Let's move into Washington, D.C., where the beat up Redskins try to fend off uh, the seemingly charging Giants here. Uh, the Giants on the road at Washington. Oof, man. Uh, I'll go ahead and take uh, take the the pitiful Washington Redskins at this point. The only person I'm even remotely considering is Jordan Reed, and that's only because tight end is, is so weak as a position. Um, and it's worth noting that that Sanchez did target Reed the most in last game when he came on in relief of Colt McCoy uh, on five of 20 passes, but ultimately he turned those into just 17 yards because Mark Sanchez flat out <laughs> does not throw passes that go farther than four yards. Um, so, so, again, I think tight end is such a poor position that I, I could see Reed retaining some uh, tight end one viability, but ultimately his ceiling is, is majorly capped. Beyond that, I'm not loving anybody. Obviously, you know, I don't, Mark Sanchez goes without saying. Uh, Adrian Peterson's game last week was entirely dependent on a 90 yard touchdown run. The rest, uh, as, as Sky has noted, his, the rest of his game was eight for eight, eight rushes for eight yards. Um, they lost. Somehow, Washington managed to lose two more offensive linemen on Monday night. Uh, so needless to say, Peterson's been a rough go the last several weeks, and I think it's only going to get worse as the season goes on. So I don't think anybody else on Washington is a great option. Uh, of course, uh, the Giants have have some solid options, which I'll let you take over. Absolutely. Yeah, the automatics are Saquon and Odell, of course. Um, nobody's considering not playing them, but just to give you extra confidence, Saquon Barkley is on pace for 2,074 scrimmage yards, which would make him the third rookie in NFL history with 2,000-plus scrimmage yards. Eric Dickerson and Edgerin James, one of my favorite players growing up, are the other two. Also, Saquon Barkley has not fumbled since his sophomore year at Penn State. Quite a beastly statistic That's there. That's crazy. That's a crazy statistic. He, I didn't he, know that. He is one of two running backs with 900-plus rush yards and no fumbles this season. The other one is Philip Lindsay, ironically both rookies there. So Saquon is as solid as they come right now. Probably a – well, definitely a top five pick. You think he's a top three pick next year? Uh, certainly Le'Veon Bell's out of that now. And Yeah, yeah. I think, I think he – I mean, he sits – in my opinion, he sits just behind uh, – uh, and, you know, you can't you, – obviously, David Gurley Johnson isn't quite – isn't no. the pick that he once was. I think he basically sits behind Gurley and Zeke wow. at this point. Yeah, I would say. And obviously, Kareem Hunt's a non-factor. Um, so, so yeah, I think you're right. I think he's the third overall next year, particularly, wow. particularly in standard leagues. Uh, yeah. Be right on. And then uh, Odell Beckham, of course, now throwing touchdowns. He's, he's an automatic. Um, I like Eli Manning as a streaming option here if you have to have him against this uh, somewhat beat up uh, just in general team here for the Redskins. And Josh Norman and Odell will battle it out. But I think at this point, Odell will, is certainly more talented uh, at his respective position to take care of uh, Josh Norman and uh, Sterling Shepard, um, I think, is a, a potential flyer, but I'm not really excited about him. Um, Let's see, the Giants' defense, we discussed putting them in uh, one of our DFS lineups. You like the Giants' defense here, which I thought was a interesting play. Um, is that just the Mark Sanchez factor? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think overly highly of the Giants' defense. I just think um, – I think any def- any team that's that's going up against the, uh, Washington has to be considered on the streaming map at this point, given how decimated uh, Washington's offense is. Totally agree. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to uh, Tampa, Florida, where the Bucks are going to be hosting the Saints. Saints, of course, uh, coming off of a tough loss. The Bucks have been playing uh, much better as of late. How do you feel about this one here? 
Oh man, uh, fire up any and everybody. everybody, any and everybody that's relevant, pretty much, particularly on the Saints. Uh, uh, Drew Brees, so he is on the road, um, but uh, and he's been much better at home this year. But ultimately, uh, he has two th- top three scoring weeks on the road when he's had really good matchups against the Falcons and the Bengals. And I put Tampa Bay in that category of atrocious defense. Uh, I expect Drew Brees to completely shred them. Um, Alvin Kamara, I mean, both of their, the, the main running backs in New Orleans, you're firing up, but I think Kamara specifically. Um, Tampa Bay has been has been crushed by running backs, but particularly combo backs. Uh, they got annihilated by the likes of Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, um, uh, even Joe Mixon, who's not as much of a passing game target, uh, caught a bunch of passes against the Bucks uh, and had a nice game. Had a nice game in the in the passing game. So um, I'm a huge fan of Kamara in this one. Of course, Michael Thomas, I think, uh, becomes absolutely beastly um, in this game. He's he's I would say my number one receiver this week. Period. Um, assuming he's is, is he's is his injury status a thing or is he pretty much going to be fired? I think up. they yeah. were just yeah. giving him a break. Yeah, that sounds about right. So Michael Thomas, my number one receiver overall in football this week. Um, and then I'll just say one last comment on a, a kind of a deep league flyer. A lot of people were down on Traquan Smith um, after his complete offer last week. He is a risky play. He's definitely the definition of boom bust. Um, he hasn't even caught a pass in each of his past two games on the road, but he still ran 29 pass routes last week compared to 20 uh, for Keith Kirkwood. Um, and the matchup versus Tampa Bay's D is just too yummy uh, to 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 to, uh, to completely ignore. So I think if you need a flyer, um, Traquan Smith is definitely somebody that you could throw in there. That's interesting because I think I saw I think Curly dropped him. Curly dropped him. He's still I think Maybe, his, his, yeah, and you're his, more confident in that. His waiver period is up tomorrow. I'm actually considering making a move on him. Yeah, I I don't know if I'd. I mean, it just where my team is, I'm not sure I'd start him, but I still think he's. Uh, uh, he's startable if you're if you're you know hurting. Let's say you had Manuel Sanders and you need a replacement. I think you could do a lot worse than than Traquan Smith. Um, I think he has an opportunity to have a real boom uh, in this game. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. For the Buccaneers, uh, Jameis has been playing lights out recently. He's playing clean football. Uh, beat the uh, Panthers last week. I really like Jameis in this matchup versus the Saints. Although I do want to make a note that the Saints defense has allowed fewer than twenty points in four straight games which is the longest uh, active streak in the NFL and the longest streak by the Saints themselves since 2013, which I think is an important note. Uh, I'm not saying to start uh, <laughs> the Saints defense in, in fantasy against the Bucks, right. but I just want to mention that because I think the, the Saints were kind of getting back into that lower tier, uh, throw all over them, run all over them, post up the points. And like, that's not so much the case here. Um, they, you know, they lost to Dallas. Dallas played a great game, but uh, you know, I don't think it was the defense's issue there. Dallas, Dallas's defense played very well and shut down the Saints' offense in that game. So I like the Saints here. I would I'd pump the brakes a little bit on expectations for the Bucks, but Michael, Tom, uh, Michael Thomas, excuse me, uh, Mike Evans um, is a surefire starter. However, uh, Marshawn Lattimore is a beast, and uh, I would I'm a little concerned about him overall. And uh, Chris Godwin, I think, is a great. Um, start with Deshaun Jackson out and Adam Humphreys, man, you can't can't get away from it. He's a great start uh, as well there. Um, Cameron Brait, hit or miss. I mean, he's really touched down or bust. Uh, I thought we'd see a little more production out of him with OJ Howard out, but it's really basically he's getting the targets and stuff, but it's just not really sinking so much. And he doesn't have any big playability. It's basically short touchdown, a couple catches, a few yards. So not stoked there, but he's a tight end with with upside. I think you you got to fire him up there. Uh, let's move on to the Finns and the Patriots, the Dolphins at home. Uh, this game could be interesting here uh, for fantasy uh, fantasy purposes, though. Um, what are you thinking? It looks like Xavion Howard, uh, the star defensive back for the Dolphins, is trending out for this game. Of course, we're recording on Thursday. So, as always, we encourage yeah. listeners to pay attention on your own Thursday uh, evening, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and so on. But as of now, Xavion uh, Howard is trending out if he does. Uh, Josh Gordon may have 200 yards here in this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, I, in general, if you just kind of run the numbers over the course of the year, the, the Dolphins sit roughly middle of the pack in terms of defending uh, wideouts. But yes, uh, if Xavier Howard does not play, uh, that number presumably is going to go way down and, and the Patriots receivers are going to have uh, certainly going to have a big game. In my opinion, regardless, I think I think Julian Edelman and, and Josh Gordon make for fine plays. Um, 
I think uh, I think uh, James White also, of course, makes for makes for a fine play. Um, he after it looked like he was kind of taking a step back. He led the Patriots in receiving last week, um, so I think he's he's sort of uh, it's clear that he's still going to remain heavily involved. Sony Michelle, I think, is going to be a monster this week. He had a, a tough draw last week against the Minnesota run defense. Did not have a great game, um, but Miami has been absolutely pummeled by the run game all season. Um, they've allowed. 188 or more rushing yards in four of their past six games, Jesus. which is nuts. And they've been they got um, steamrolled for 175 rushing yards and two touchdowns by the Patriots when the Patriots played them earlier this year. Um, so, uh, and I, uh, unless James Devlin keeps uh, vulturing touchdowns away from everybody else, I think Sony Michelle is going to have a monstrous fantasy game. <laughs> uh, so I'm plugging him out there as well. Uh, and I, I think that's it. I mean, there's nobody else really, uh, you know, obviously in the tight end world, Gronk, despite how disappointing he is, you're firing him up. Um, that's, I think that's about it. How do you feel about Brady? I think Brady's going to be fine in this one. Um, I think, I think, you know, it's funny. He hasn't been, it's amazing. He hasn't been a QB one since week seven, which is pretty shocking. Um, but he's still averaging a ton of yards over that streak. Uh, he's averaged 293 passing yards over the streak in which he's only been a QB too. So it's been sort of uh, new England has been rushing, running the ball in quite a bit. They have eight rushing touchdowns compared to just four passing touchdowns over that span. Um, so, and, and again, that could be concerning in this game as well, given Miami's run defense is, is considerably worse than their passing defense. Uh, but ultimately the Dolphins allow a ton of pass, passing touchdowns too. Um, you know, I think, it, you know, it's hard to, to not, deploy Tom Brady in a game like this against a defense that's that's struggling this much so um I'm not necessarily expecting a gigantic game for Brady but I'm expecting certainly him to be playable and in, in the in the QB1 conversation for sure yeah I dig it and and just a, a quick note on on Tom Brady himself he clearly spreads the ball around as we've seen over the years um everybody gets their numbers but this year the Patriots are the only team in the NFL with five players on their active roster with 400 plus receiving yards mm. so five yeah. different players yeah. have 400 receiving yards that's Obviously very impressive. You know, Brady's going to find whoever's open. So I like that call there. For the Dolphins, not as much to talk about. Um, You know, I I seem to somehow draw the Dolphins to talk about them every single week. And I'm I'm not the guy to talk about (laughs) Kenyon Drake. So we'll have to make a point to switch that up next week. I I can talk about Kenyon Drake. (laughs) I'll just say Kenyon Drake, I think, is the only Dolphin I'm firing up this week. Um, This has really come fundamentally has to do with with his role in the passing game. Uh, I fully expect the the Dolphins to be playing from behind in this one. Um, And Drake has had success in the passing game. He's out-targeted Frank Gore 59 to 15. Um, And so while Gore is has been out carrying him, his his usage in the passing game makes him more valuable in PPR leagues, and I do think uh, New England in general has had quite a lot allowed quite a lot of receptions to opposing backs. So I get the sense that Kenyon Drake might be kind of useful. Other than that, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about any of the other Dolphins, unless you got something. But no, not really. I yeah. mean, the only thing I, I mean, Ryan Tannehill. I suppose if you're in a deep streaming league and you need somebody, you've got some injuries potentially, or you're in a two QB league. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has actually beat Tom Brady in the last three matchups in New England, and uh, the Dolphins have actually won the last four out of five versus the Patriots in Miami. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, both of those are supposed to be in Miami. I think right. I said New England. Right. Sorry about yep. that. Yep. Uh, correction there. And just a quick note on, on um, Kenyon Drake here. Uh, Kenyon Drake has not seen uh, more than eight touches or 32 yards in the last three games, whereas Frank Gore has seen 13, 14, and eight uh, carries and 90, 67, and 21. So Kenyon Drake is getting the touchdowns, which is what we care about in fantasy. But Frank Gore still is the number one running back, frankly, in Miami, which is which is crazy at this point in the season. But that is the case. I don't think this year, uh, without an injury to Frank Gore, that Kenyon Drake is the uh, going to be a number one there. So, um, you know, he's a he's a boom bust guy, I think yeah. uh, personally. But um, yeah, I agree with you, man. They're they're receiving core is an absolute mess. Danny Amendola, assuming he plays. Um, could be a nice game. Of course, that's a that's a revenge game there for him. Um, but I'm not really feeling any other uh, yeah. wide receiver option uh, in this game. Agreed. We can move on here. This one's going to be interesting. Here we got the Chiefs hosting the Ravens. Um, my goodness, I I don't think this is such an automatic game here for the Chiefs as it is mm-hmm. every other week. Nope. I'll go ahead and take the Chiefs and, and let you talk about your boy Lamar Jackson. Um, 
it's for the, I, yeah, I, I agree that the Chiefs, uh, you know, it's this is. I, I think he should temper expectations to some extent for a, most of their their key offensive contributors. That being said, you're you're never not playing Mahomes. You're never not playing Tyreek Hill. Um, I actually expect Travis Kelsey to have a big game in this one. Uh, for all of Baltimore's defensive prowess, they've actually given up quite uh, a lot of production to tight ends. Uh, compared to receivers uh, and running backs and stuff along those lines. So I actually get the sense that Travis Kelsey could be maybe the best play out of anybody in this offense right now. But again, Mahomes, Hill, they're in there. Uh, the player on on uh, uh, Kansas City that I think I would avoid if I could is, is Spencer Ware. Um, he's certainly getting the usage in the post-Kareem Hunt era. Um, he played quite a lot of snaps, ran a few a lot of routes last week, but uh, just the Baltimore defense is just absolutely stuck uh, opposing running backs, uh, 109 yards on 42 carries over their past three games. That's the line of all running backs against the Baltimore defense, which is dreadful. Um, so where is going to be, you know, dependent on, you know, a one yard kind of punch through the, through the middle to get in the end zone or mm-hmm. something like that to have fantasy value. So I'm not loving where this week. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to Chris Conley as a, as sort of a deep flyer. I like that. Uh, Sammy Watkins looks like he's probably going to be out once again from, from what I understand, and if he is, um, Chris Conley is sort of the cheapest way to get a piece of the Mahomes-led offense. Uh, he has 15 targets over his past two games. Um, again, though, Baltimore's uh, 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 pass coverage is very impressive. Uh, so he's he's definitely going to – he has a lot of bust potential. I will say that, will say that but I like his talent. Um, I like him in the Mahomes-led offense. So you're not you're not uh, looking to fire up Kelvin Benjamin yet? Not quite, <laughs> not quite on the Kelvin Benjamin in the Kansas City train. Uh, I, I'd like to see him catch a pass without just a being, rumor so far. Without right? being, yeah, I don't think he's officially we're being, signed. We're being silly, but he's yeah. visited. He was did visit the Chiefs, I think. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, until he until he starts catching passes without being surprised that that is happening, uh, I'm not particularly. Uh, I'm not particularly stoked on on any Kelvin Benjamin rumors at yeah. this juncture. Well, we we love Josh Allen here on the podcast, but I have to imagine a Pat Mahomes target at this point is probably better than a Josh yes. Allen target. Yes, so I think we'll see if Kelvin true. Benjamin can turn it around. Um, just a, a quick note on on the the Chiefs here as I'm doing my research on Patrick Mahomes. I just want to read the fact that Patrick Mahomes has 43 total touchdowns, which is quite impressive in itself. But he has accounted for more offensive touchdowns than 29 teams this season. So other than Kansas City, Mahomes has more touchdowns by himself than every other team in the NFL except for the Chiefs, of course, the Saints, and the Rams, which is unbelievable. just want to read that off really quick there. Uh, for the Ravens, I like Lamar Jackson here. Um, of course, he, he unfortunately ranks 31st in the league in uh, passing fantasy points at 14 uh, per um, uh, per week, but he's also, uh, he's got 38.5 fantasy points over the last three games on the ground alone, um, which would put him as a, as a, you know, QB one, if he could throw the ball at all, but unfortunately not able to, I think he might be able to, in this game, it's going to be a shootout. The only possible way the Ravens win this game is if Lamar Jackson can actually cut it loose. We'll see if that happens here. Uh, he's had, um, no more than 178 yards passing and, uh, had a minimum of 70 yards rushing. And of course he's had no fewer than one, uh, 11 carries um, and two rushing touchdowns in consecutive games. So, I love that. I, lo- yeah, I love, I love those, those high floor rushing backs. So he's definitely solid. I, I totally agree, man. I think this is like, you know, obviously not every quarterback we we've seen breeze and, um, and uh, Brady and Peyton Manning, of course, over the years be at, and Andrew Luck be absolutely dominant in fantasy football, Phillip rivers, by not running the ball at all. But we've also seen guys like RG3 before he got hurt, Mike Vick, Cam Newton, be equally successful fantasy points-wise by running the ball. And I think this is an interesting thing to see with Josh Allen coming up, Lamar Jackson, um, Cam Newton himself, you know, things like that. Russell Wilson potentially getting healthy here late in the season. It just adds so much to Sean Watson being able to run the ball. Uh, Those quarterbacks are very, very interesting. So if Lamar Jackson can actually throw the ball anytime soon, I think they should be just fine. Um, Although I'm not feeling any receiver, right? Uh, unfortunately, even as much as I want to see Lamar throw the ball, I don't think it's going to be that effective. None of the tight ends and Gus Edwards, you can fire up. He's healthy. He's fine. Um, and, uh, I think that's about it. I mean, yeah, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say you could take a flyer on Ty Montgomery in a game that, that, uh, you know, I imagine even with the, the Baltimore DI, you know, you have to believe that Kansas city is going to put up some points. Uh, uh, the, the Ravens might be looking to play catch up a little bit and, uh, and the, and, uh, the chiefs have done, 
pretty poorly against receiving backs. So I, I could see Ty Montgomery having kind of a decent spot here. But other than that, I agree. I don't think there's anything else to really talk about uh, on the on the Ravens side of the coin. Okay, let's move on to the Texans hosting the Colts. How do you feel about this one here? Um, both teams uh, need to get a win to stay relevant in the AFC South. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take uh, take the Texans. I mean, I think, you know, I'm the kind of um, who I think of the three main uh, offensive contributors on Houston are, are all solid options this week. Deshaun Watson, um, I think, is going uh, to do well against the, the Colts, uh, you know, Okay, better. I think better than expected, but ultimately still pretty poor defense. Sure. Um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the man. He's going to receive. He receives an insane number of targets just on volume alone. He's a he's a machine. Um, uh, and Lamar Miller, your boy Lamar Miller, has all of a sudden rushed for over a hundred yards in four of his past six games. Um, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, still not used in the passing game. He pretty much doesn't catch passes. But um, again, especially against the Colts defense, I think Lamar Miller has a decent shot to have a pretty big spot here. Um, the one player I'm going to put a bus tag on is Demarius Thomas. I- I'm just avoiding him in pretty much any and all formats at this juncture. He has only 10 catches for 131 yards on 14 targets over his four games with Houston. He just seems like he's not that big of a, a part of their plan over there, at least not yet. And I'm, I think they're kind of running out of time to say, well, they're still getting him They're still working on getting him integrated. I think, you know, I think that ship might have sailed. I just don't think he's going to be that big of a part of the thing over there. Um, so I'm avoiding Demarius Thomas, but, uh, but I like the other kind of three main offensive contributors there. Um, and, and uh, Kiki Kuti obviously still hanging in there too, as a solid option. Yep. Solid there for the Colts. Uh, you're going to play everybody per usual, Andrew Luck, Eric Ebron, T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, but I would temper your expectations with every one of them. The Colts on the road this year have been stymied quite a few times. Um, Andrew Luck has lost his last three games versus the Texans, dating back to 2016, and he actually has the worst record uh, versus the Texans within the division there, the AFC South. So the Texans seem to have his number, and we've seen with a lot of these pocket uh, pocket passers that don't run, the only way to shut down Brady and uh, Breeze and Rodgers um, and luck is to get pressure on the quarterback up the middle and on the sides. And we know that the, the uh, Texans can certainly do that with Jadavion Clowney and um, Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt, of course. So that defensive line is nasty. And uh, as good as Andrew Luck is, for the most part, he is certainly prone to turning over the ball as well. So I can see a rough game here for Andrew Luck, but I don't know that you have a better option there in fantasy. And T.Y. Hilton, I think, is a good play here. Um, he's been in and out of practice this week. It looks like he he's good to go. Uh, it, Literally, the report was it quote looks like yeah they somehow they couldn't fully determine if he was practicing or not, which <laughs> is, is very odd. Needless to say, um, maybe he had that he had, he had the ghost juice. On yeah, him. exactly, exactly. He was a, they were they were they were keeping him hidden like a CIA operation. There um, you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that was about, but but it's important to remember the last time these teams met, Hilton just notched 115 yards. Basically, in like the first half yes. before getting hurt and right. missing the rest of the game, right. um, so so he you know he has a he has a shot to have a big spot here. And he's yeah he's he's fine. Assuming he plays, you fire him up. Yeah. Marlon Mack, I think you could play as an RB two, maybe a flex position. Although um, against Houston, again, the rush defense is, is really solid. I'm I'm not super excited about him, but Marlon Mack has looked pretty good the last handful of weeks. But he got crushed by Jacksonville uh, last week as the Colts were shut out. And finally, um, of course, you can fire out. Uh, Eric Ebron, who yes. is also in and out of practice, but he is a beast. He seems to uh, miss practices quite often, yeah. but he gets it done last week. 16 targets, 10 receptions, and 81 yards. Didn't score a touchdown somehow, um, but he is uh, he's just fine. And if you watch the highlights, they're giving him reverses and shit. This guy right. is huge. Yeah, he's know. a former basketball player, and they're giving him little like draw plays around the goal yeah, line. And he's, shit. Like, he's like throwing passes and Dude, stuff. Like, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's like – the official all-purpose offensive weapon right now. It's amazing. It's awesome, man. And, and another name to, to throw out there uh, every single week is, is Naheem Hines. I was really high on him uh, early in the season. Of course, I predicted that he was going to be this year's Alvin Kamara. Of course, that hasn't panned out. Uh, but uh, I think that he's a weapon. They're just not using him as much. So if you're really desperate at a running back position, Naheem Hines could be a, a, a nice name here because I think they're going to get pressure on Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck may be uh, dumping it off here and there. So check uh, Naheem Hines potentially. Let's move on to Green Bay. We have the Packers and the Falcons. This one, uh, maybe if this was in Atlanta inside in the dome, this would be a, uh, a fantasy frenzy potentially, but it's going to be probably a rough night at a rough afternoon, I should say, in uh, Green Bay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's hard anytime in, in Green Bay, especially um, uh, uh, 
you know, it's hard to, to, to not play any of the top offensive talent on, on, on the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers has, is poised to have a pretty big game this week. I think, um, not even including the narratives about, you know, he's going to have a, a kind of have a, a big game post Mike McCarthy firing. I don't necessarily buy into all that personally, but uh, but in general, I think this is the first good matchup that Rodgers had, has had in a few weeks. He's had uh, difficulties with both the Arizona and Minnesota pa- formidable pass defenses the past two games. Uh, the last time he had a good passing matchup, which was versus uh, Seattle, uh, uh, um, uh, he... Uh, absolutely shredded them um and in general atlanta has had a real tough time against the the pass and uh have allowed eight different passers to post 20 or more fantasy points this year uh so i think aaron Rodgers actually has a big spot here uh and and given that Rodgers has a big spot uh, of course i have to say the same thing about Devontae adams um he's a machine he and aaron Rodgers are are more probably uh sort of mind melded than than any other probably quarterback uh, wide receiver duo that I've seen lately. Um, so those two are solid. Aaron Jones as well uh, is a machine. Uh, presumably, hopefully, uh, they they start to realize that he's like a thousand times better than Jamal Williams and give him a ton of carries. So Aaron Jones is a beast. Uh, even Jimmy Graham is, is in the tight end one mix, uh, given the weakness of the tight end position and the fact that he's still receiving targets. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much all I have to say about the Packers. I would be considering firing up all those guys. The, Guys, the only one that's on the fence is Graham, but you could do worse, I think, than him in this one. As the Rodgers owner in the in our league of record, it's been quite frustrating. My the rest of my team has been good enough to to give me some W's, but but luck has been, or excuse me, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been much uh, much of a headache, I should say. Yeah. And I've been telling you for weeks, I've I've been considering and I've played Baker Mayfield once or twice over him, considering the matchup. I just want to mention that entering the game, Andrew. God, I keep saying Andrew. <laughs> Excuse me. Aaron Rodgers has thrown 336 straight passes without an interception, which is the longest active streak in the NFL and second longest all time. So, of course, he's getting it done. He only has three picks on the season. He's doing very, very well there. I just want to add a, uh, another quick note that um, the high at Lambeau Field on Sunday morning is 24 Ouch. So that's a little colder than the uh, set temperature of about 70 degrees in the uh, um, former Georgia Dome there in Atlanta for for the Falcons. For the Falcons, um, I mean, Matt Ryan has got a great matchup. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley do as well. Uh, Austin Hooper, not so much. The Packers have actually been really solid against tight ends. Although I'm concerned about uh, the three former that I just mentioned. Matt Ryan has actually won his last three matchups against the Packers, uh, head-to-head matchups against um, Aaron Rodgers. But – Struggling as of late and certainly outdoors in the cold, I just think the Falcons' offense is a little more of a, a, a finesse, not a ground-and-pound team. I don't see Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith being able to ground-and-pound it here in this game to keep Rodgers off the field. So the absence of Kevin King, the uh, defensive back for the Packers, is going to be significant, of course, for Julio Jones. However, um, I would temper expectations for Matt Ryan, although I think both uh, receivers go wild in this game, potentially uh, with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley alike. And, of course, Mohamed Sanu is always a super deep sleeper. You never know when he's going to get his random 80 yards for a touchdown there. So I think that one's pretty wrapped up. It should be a fun game to watch there. Unfortunately, both of these teams officially eliminated uh, essentially from the playoffs, which I think is a shocker here um, from what we expected in the preseason. Let's move on to the Browns hosting the Panthers. Uh, yeah, uh, Panthers uh, in Cleveland. I'll go ahead and take uh, the, uh, the Browns here. Um, Baker Mayfield, I, I'm I'm all about him this week. Um, Carolina has had serious issues with defending the pass. They have a lot of top ten uh, quarterback in four of their past five games. Uh, I think Mayfield. You know, he's obviously been a lot of up and down as you expect with a with a rookie quarterback. Um, but uh, but I expect him to have a big spot after having kind of a rough game last week. Um, so Baker, I am all about uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, I am all about pretty much every week at this point, unless he's facing an elite run defense like uh, Baltimore. Uh, so he's locked in as a top fifteen back. I would say weekly. At at this point uh Jarvis Landry kind of uh resurrected himself a little bit last week he had a ton of targets um uh they, the Browns attempted a lot of passes which I actually expect them uh to continue to potentially do this week um so I I, I like him as well and then finally David Njoku um who's been kind of a weirdo over the past several weeks. He's had fewer than 20 yards uh, in three of his past five games. Uh, but ultimately, he's still, I think, uh, just one of the most talented tight ends in the league right now. Uh, the Carolina has allowed a lot of touchdowns to opposing tight ends. So I think Njoku uh, has a big week here. For the Panthers, 
Christian McCaffrey, automatic. He's a beast. He actually leads the NFL in receptions uh, since week six, believe it or not. Yes, that includes receivers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey leads the NFL in receptions with 53 since week six. You fire him up automatically. Cam Newton is interesting. Over uh, his last four games, Cam Newton is nearly perfect when throwing to the right third of the field <laughs> and has thrown all seven, all seven interceptions he's thrown um, are targeting the left or middle part of the field, which is interesting there. Um, Cam Newton, I'm a little bit concerned about, man. He's got this shoulder ailment. Uh, he's been missing practices. I think just getting those veteran days off. Uh, there was a report earlier this week that he's not necessarily ruling out offseason surgery. He's already had one. Mm-hmm. Um, really quickly to, to, to deviate there, how much do you think that's going to that's gonna affect him in this game? Uh, just, you know, the Panthers need to win a game to stay relevant here. And, and I don't think – Christian McCaffrey could beat the Browns by himself. Uh, I'm not so sure anymore. Um, yeah, sure. yeah. I, I, uh, um, it's it's tricky. I know that you know Cam Newton has had shoulder issues in the past. Um, it has affected him. Um, he's been uh, one of the top fantasy quarterbacks throughout the last bunch of years in fantasy football. However, the one year where he wasn't, he was known to be struggling with shoulder issues. Um, so that's definitely something to be concerned about. Obviously, I still ultimately like Cam Newton because of his floor. Uh, I, he's like, as, as you were just talking about with the likes of Lamar Jackson, um, I think Cam Newton's floor is still relatively high due to his ability to rush. Um, so I'm not, I, I think you play him, uh, especially against a bad defense like Cleveland. Um, but he's definitely, particularly in this week, he's somebody that I'm keeping an eye on because I, if he struggles in this spot, he's somebody that I don't think you can really trust going forward. Um, if he is truly having shoulder issues and, and knee surgery and all that. So, um, keep an eye on him this week, but for now I'm going to, I'm going to, not freak out and, and say that he's still pretty valuable fantasy wise okay and for the receivers this is getting interesting here first of all i've been telling you for weeks that that funches is is a joke so you're not <laughs> playing funches i know he scored accidentally on on one catch for 10 yards last week but i'm not interested in, in Devin funches however dj Moore, solid matchup it looks like denzel ward is trending out is that what we we know for for right now? I believe so. Yeah, it's saying it's saying there's still potentially time for him to turn it around, but he's leaning towards not playing this week. Okay, if Denzel Ward doesn't play for the Browns, that's a huge gap in their already uh, you know solid but not excellent defense there. And uh, DJ Moore could go nuts in this game. But don't look now, Curtis Samuel coming out the cuts here. The last uh, let's see, he has three touchdowns in his last five games, and in his last four games. He has uh, five receptions, 55 yards, a touchdown, two for 17, and a touchdown, and six for 88. So um, Curtis Samuel is playing very well. He's also getting some rushing attempts as well. So I like Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore in this um, in this bout. And Ian Thomas is an interesting name to uh, consider as well at the tight end position, filling in for uh, Greg Olson, who, of course, is done for the season. Unfortunately, Ian Thomas stepped in last week with five catches for 46 yards in limited time once uh, – Olsen went down. So if you need to stream a tight end, he might be someone to look at versus uh, um, versus the Browns, who are not very good against yes. the tight end position. Let's move on here. We've got the Bills and the Jets. Um, Josh yeah. Allen, yeah, Zay I'll, Jones. I'll take this one real quick. I'll take both teams because uh, the Jets – do not are not worth talking about. There's literally not a single Jets player I would willingly use in this game. So that's the Jets. I'm with um, you, dude. I'm with you. I'll take. I'll still. I know you and I. I think disagree on this guy at this point, but I'm still playing Lashawn McCoy. He was a letdown in a great spot last week, admittedly, but uh, he's a home. The, the Bills are a home favorite. Which congratulations, Bills. You're officially a favorite. Well done. <laughs> um, and uh, and this is kind of interesting the stat that I read in twelve games as a home favorite during his time in Buffalo, McCoy has averaged one hundred and thirty four point eight yards from scrimmage and twenty four point one fantasy points per game. That's not to say you can count on these types of numbers spilling over, um, but he did drop one hundred and eighteen yards and two touchdowns on the Jets in Week Ten on the road. So I think Lashawn Moy, Lashawn McCoy again has a good has a chance to to kind of go big here. Um, in terms of kind of flyers, yeah, Josh Allen, I agree with you. He's not clean. He's still he's still shaky to be sure um but he has streaming appeal in this one uh especially due to his rushing floor uh and zay jones all of a sudden kind of bursting on the scene here he's had four or more catches in four of his fast past five games he leads the team with 18.6 percent of the targets with josh allen as quarterback um like allen he has some major bust potential but this is a great matchup um so he's somebody that i would consider as a as a flex option if you're sort of desperate Another name to consider, I think, is Robert Foster as yeah. well. Who's, I mean, we're talking like deep, deep names. Super deep, so this yeah. is like 
a, a second flex type of opportunity. But uh, as we just mentioned with the Chiefs, uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek, Kelvin Benjamin was cut early this week, uh, released uh, by the uh, Bills. Um, and Robert Foster has shown some some signs of, of deep play potential. Uh, three weeks ago, he was 3-for-105 versus the Jets. Um, two weeks ago, he was 2-for-94 and a long touchdown. Last week, just one, but that catch was 27 yards. So certainly, uh, Josh Allen is a hell of a gun. Uh, you know, pretty inaccurate. I think we all agree at this point, yep. but he can chuck it. Right. And um, he's able to – I think early in – he reminds me of Cam Newton kind of all around early in his career when he was chucking uh, to Steve Smith and um, – Ted Ginn, where like there would be a lot of incompletions, but right. it, but he's always able to get it down there. They just have to catch it somehow. Right. So Robert Foster might be a, a decent name to uh, scoop up and maybe a dynasty name, if nothing else here. So, okay, we can move on. Um, how do you feel about the defenses really quickly in this game? I love the Bills defense. Yeah, I think Jets. I think both defense are playable. I think even the Jets are on the map. Um, I think the Bills defense are, are elite. I mean, I think they're one of the top. They should be considered one of the top options this week. Okay, fair enough. Let's get into uh, Santa Clara with the uh, 49ers um, hosting the uh, Red Hot Broncos, frankly. But unfortunately, they will be without Emmanuel Sanders, who is now uh, done for the season and potentially done for his career. Huh? We'll see how that yeah, goes. That's but, really, uh, that's looking, really too bad. looking ugly there. Uh, but we got the Broncos and the 49ers. Yeah, Broncos. Um, so so one, one man's loss is another man's game. Cor- uh, game, Cortland Sutton. Um, of course, uh, you know, he's going to probably stand to benefit the most from the Emmanuel Sanders injury. Um, I will say that I, I, I'm temper expectations a little bit for him this week, potentially just because I think um, the the I expect the, the, the Broncos to go extremely run heavy against the Niners, uh, which, of course, means that Philip Lindsay, I think, is legitimately a top three, maybe top five running back this week. He's I think Roy Freeman is playable, too, man. I, I think, really do. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. He could be, especially if they get up big and they want to keep Lindsay, you know, somewhat uh, uh, restrained and, and, and work out Royce Freeman a little bit. Yeah, I can see that potentially happening. Um, but Philip Lindsay, I think, is, is going to be particularly beastly in this one. Um, nevertheless, Corlin Sutton is, is definitely a wide receiver too. Um, the one uh, the one player that I will say that I would avoid, despite the fact that he's trended up lately, is Case Keenum. Uh, this, again, this is another one where it's a it's a, paper, it's a good play on paper, um, but the Broncos have kind of shown that they prefer to just in these types of games. Uh, just run down the opponent's throat and limit Case Keenum. Keenum has really been at his best in terms of fantasy when they've been chasing points. Um, so, so I think Keenum, even though it's a good, it's a, a solid matchup, I'm not convinced that he's going to have a monstrous game in this one. Given that I feel like Philip Lindsay could probably single-handedly beat the 49ers, so, um, so I'm, I'm probably avoiding him in this one. All right, and for the 49ers, you're firing up George Kittle, of course, and George Kittle joins Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey as the only tight ends to post 10-plus fantasy points uh, or 10-plus games with uh, double-digit fantasy points, and the Broncos are giving up 14.6 per game. Mm-hmm. So it looks like another huge game for George Kittle here. Um, Marquise Goodwin returns to action after uh, two weeks off with some family issues. We're unaware. I'm not, I'm not sure what he is. Uh, yeah, this none is, of our business. Personal, but, they're uh, yeah, personal. they're not that okay. released, which is fine. And you know, of respect. Of course, we remember that last year um, he lost a uh, lost one of his children um, leaning into a game, and uh, so just you know, blessings to him, and hopefully everything's well in his life. Uh, but he will be back to action this week after two weeks missing. Um, I like Marquise Goodwin a lot. Actually, I drafted him in our league of record. I was really stoked on him, but. He hasn't really hit the stride. Uh, maybe he had better chemistry with Jimmy G coming in and stuff, but he hasn't had more than four uh, catches in any game this season, and he hasn't had more than 70 yards uh, since, uh, well, I mean, other than one other time in week six, he had 126 and two touchdowns on that uh, Monday night game versus the Packers. But other than that, he's had just um, over 55 yards just uh, one other time. So he's been struggling as of late, but I think he's a deep flyer if you need a big play possibility there versus the uh, Broncos who are, uh, without Chris Harris Jr., of course, for the remainder of the season. And a uh, start that I really like is Dante Pettis yep. um, filling in. I think he's actually going to be the number one here moving forward and going into next season as well. I, I'm not sure how much I want to actually rep him because I kind of want to keep him under the rug a little bit so I can <laughs> scoop him later in in, um, in leagues next year. But you can do that. And uh, my man Nick Mullins, I'm going to stay in the flames if you need to stream. He posted up 414 yards last week and, and two touchdowns in a shootout versus Seattle. Denver's defense has a great pass rush, but if he's able to get rid of it, he may be okay there. But um, I love the uh, Broncos Broncos defense here too, man. Definitely. Even on the road, I think that uh, that that defensive line is going to be going to be beastly there. And um, uh, last name here is uh, Jeff Wilson, of course. 
Yeah. Almost skipped over him. Excuse me. Uh, Matt Breida is out for this game. He was marked out pretty much immediately after Sunday's game. Uh, so Jeff Wilson is going to step in as the next running back up, which is the fourth running back on the season for yeah. the Niners. Well, if you count Alfred Morris, maybe fifth. Yeah. Uh, the Niners have been destroyed as well. Um, not quite as bad as the Redskins, but it's getting close. Um, Wilson had a decent game last week, 15 carries for 61 yards. Kept him out of the end zone, but he had a nice game. Eight receptions as well for 73 yards. So Wilson had a nice game there, um, and I expect uh, more of the same here. Uh, I just think – I know that – I think we kind of disagree in this game just because of, of the Broncos' defense, but I really think that he's a nice back in this Shanahan offense. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but definitely a name to uh, stream potentially if you need it. Cool. Let's move on to the Chargers and the Bungles. Man, uh, this was supposed to be a lot of. I names. know, and and just, <laughs> I'm just I'll take the bungles because it's like there were so many so many names you you used to be talking about here. But the only one that I'm really liking this week is is I would say Tyler Boyd. I think uh, he's just locked into a ton of target volume each week uh, with AJ Green out, um, and he's actually been been pretty solid catching piss, uh, passes from Jeff Driscoll over the past two games. 11 of 13 targets, 159 yards, touchdown. So Tyler Boyd, I like. Um, other than that, I'm not I'm not feeling. Any but even I mean Mixon, of course, you're playing um, because he's he's very clearly the bell cow over there. But the Bengals' use of him continues to be downright infuriating. Uh, it seems like he's just they, they he he's really susceptible to game script issues. Um, they uh, you know against they, they they after a week after keeping him on the field all game and letting him rack up passes and things along those lines, he once again uh, you know kind of was more or less left out of the of the game plan last week in a bad game script. Um, so he's he's just been a really kind of a frustrating player to own. Um, uh, this is also, of course, a terrible spot uh, as as huge underdogs um, on the road against San Diego. Um, so so I treat him as kind of a lower end running back too. Um, again, he's definitely uh, playable uh, given his given his status on the team, but uh, but he's not somebody that I have high hopes for. Uh, and Jeff Driscoll, no, thank you. At this point, I would say not 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 somebody that I like uh, have any faith in against a tough defense on the road for sure. Fair enough for the Chargers. You fire up your usual suspects. Keenan Allen is a beast. You're firing him up for sure against the uh, you know last ranked Bungles defense here. Uh, despite missing, uh, despite appearing in only 66 games, of course he's missed uh, what a season and a half for Keenan Allen since coming into the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the fourth most double-digit reception games with nine since entering the league in 2013. I expect him to get at least double digits, um, <laughs> maybe triple digits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> against the Bengals, I just think Rivers is going to check it down. Technically, Melvin Gordon is still questionable here on the tag, but we we fully expect him to be out this week. I would say right. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be pretty shocked. Okay, in, in an easy easy matchup on, at home uh, against a against a bad defense. Yeah. I'd okay. So we don't think Melvin Gordon's going to play if he plays. Of course, then you play him. Of course. But I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. Uh, therefore, I think they're going to uh, feed uh, Keenan Allen. We saw what he was able to do to the Steelers last week. Um, the Steelers' defense is far superior to the Bengals at this point. Uh, Philip Rivers, you fire up. This is a great matchup. He's almost. You know, Breeze is my start of the week at the quarterback position. I think Phillip Rivers would be number two yep. against the Bengals this week. He torched the Steelers last week on the road, and um, they're back at home. And, again, without Melvin Gordon, I think he's going to chuck it all over the yard. And Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are both uh, reliable options. Out of those two, who would you prefer to start up? Sorry, out of the two, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think I kind of like Justin Jackson. First of all, is Austin Eckler? He was battling some sort of minor injury thing, right? Or is that is that a non? Yeah, it, a non-factor? It, it was. But he, I think he, you know, I think he's going to play. I think it was Anthony Lynn actually came out and said my whole thing. Okay, so sorry, I'll just cut you off. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Justin Jackson is my pick out yeah, of these two. I actually. think I agree. Now, projection wise, Austin Eckler is getting the projection because he has been the quote unquote handcuff for Melvin Gordon in the last two years and done well in right. his, in his abil- uh, appearances. Justin Jackson, though, is the truth. Had a lot of like kind of quiet hype in the preseason, didn't get the opportunities. Now that Melvin Gordon's hurt, he's getting the opportunities. Had a great uh, touchdown run last week where he just juked uh, uh, D- uh, Steeler defender out of his shoes. Um, Austin Eckler is a primary special teams guy, mm-hmm. and Anthony Lynn was saying that they want him 
to be that special teams guy too. And he's just not able to handle the workload of a top running back and the special teams guy. So it looks like they're going to be cutting back on his workload anyway to help out with his um, stamina. And therefore I think Justin Jackson is going to get the work. And I frankly just think Justin Jackson's a better running back. Therefore, if I were to have both of them, I would fire up Justin Jackson and to um, go by my word here, I'm starting Justin Jackson in two leagues. Actually, I'm actually starting Justin Jackson over Spencer Ware in a league, which might come and bite me in the ass, but I don't like Spencer Ware versus uh, yeah. versus the Ravens. And I really do think Justin Jackson will have a good game. And if Austin Eckler actually is hurt or gets injured, I think Justin Jackson will be an absolute beast in this game. Tyro Williams, Mike Williams, uh, Travis Benjamin, all those guys are kind of the same dude at this point. Super <laughs> deep flyer. I mean, you know, one of them is going to catch a 50-yard touchdown, but you're not sure which one. Uh, so I would just stay away from all of them, to be perfectly honest. But I love um, Phillip Rivers in this game. Let's move on. We've got a couple left. We've got the Raiders and the Steelers here. Um, not much to talk about the Raiders. I mean, you know, uh, Derek Carr, I guess he's been playing much, much better uh, at home. Um, Doug Martin has been okay. Jalen Rashard is, is a PPR deep option, I suppose. Uh, Jordy Nelson had a resurrection game last week, but I'm not excited about that. The only guy I would fire up is J- uh, Jared Cook because the yeah. Steelers are horrendous against tight ends. Right. Um, but other than that, I'm not really confident about anybody on the Raiders. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I'll just say pretty much the opposite about the Steelers. I'm confident about just about everybody on the Steelers. Uh, I know that there's a lot of talk about Road Ben um, and, and his his uh, uh, inferiority to home Ben, but uh, you know this is just such a good, uh, such a good matchup for Ben. I think he's going to give, uh, uh, he's going to get a, a, a ass load of passing touchdowns. To be honest, um, so I think I think he's going to he's going to have a great spot. Uh, that goes, of course, for AB and Juju as well. I think both of those guys uh, could could eat a lot this week. Um, also just, just a quick shout out to Jalen Samuels, uh, as I think going to be the primary running back option. I fully expect Steven Ridley to be involved. And unfortunately he could be irritating as a goal line option and potentially falter touchdowns. But I think Samuels just offers a ton of upside with his receiving ability, his versatility. I think that makes him just a really solid asset, even if he splits carries, uh, in the, in the running game. Um, so, so I still say, you know, Shaky is kind of a lower end RB2 flex play type, uh, given his t- touchdown upside. Uh, but I do think uh, against a bad uh, a bad defense against running backs in Oakland, uh, I think Jalen Samuels has a has a potentially has potential to have a big spot here. Totally, you're not worried about Stephen Ridley. I'm, again, I'm worried about him vulturing touchdowns. That's my main thing. Yeah, but not, I just not actual consistency. I just think not consistency. And again, Jalen Samuels' role in the passing game should give him should give him some upside, yeah. even if he doesn't score. Uh, the other last name I forgot. I realized I forgot to mention is Vance McDonald, mm-hmm. who has been held to fewer than 30 yards in four of his past five games. He hasn't had a 50 yard receiving game since week six. Uh, but uh, but Oakland has been garbage against the tight end position, um, and uh, and Vance McDonald does clearly have some touchdown upside. So uh, he's he's a flyer as well. Absolutely. And and just to put a quick note on A.B. and Juju, they are currently leading all NFL duos and targets, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. And a quick note on Big Ben, actually, about Road Ben, uh, because I'm into that narrative as well. However, I just read on ESPN today that Road Ben this year in particular, he actually is averaging the fourth most fantasy points on the road in the league and the fifth most fantasy points at home. Mm. in the league so he's actually better on the road this year and it this this goes back to what curly had mentioned last week about um big ben just chucking the hell out of the ball and and with james connor doing very well uh up up until this point um of course he's out this week but him playing very well but they have been you know behind in games their defense hasn't been as good at times and he's been just chucking the ball uh with huge games so um big ben is not I don't think Road Ben is a factor right now, and he has an incredible schedule coming up, um, moving into the fantasy playoffs. Here. So I'm I'm all aboard the uh, Big Ben train. Let's move into the Cowboys and the Eagles. Cowboys and the Eagles. I'll go ahead and take the Eagles. Um, I don't think anything more needs to be said about Zach Ertz at this point, and and what he's doing this year is just awe inspiring. Um, so so of of course, um, I'll go ahead and say that I think Carson Wentz uh, actually has a has a chance to have a decent game. This week, I know that the Dallas has been has been limiting uh, opposing quarterbacks. Uh, they've been playing great defense lately, but it's worth noting that Wentz threw for 360 yards the last time these teams played. Um, uh, I think Dallas's defense has been improving over the years, so I'm not necessarily suggesting that that's going to repeat. Uh, but I do think Wentz is still is still solidly in play based on volume as a kind of a lower end QB one. Um, 
Don't look now, but Golden Tate as as kind of returning to fantasy relevance. He's received seven or more targets in each of the past three games, coming off of his best game last week. Uh, seven yard, seven receptions for eighty five yards and a touchdown. Um, and uh, and particularly the Cowboys have incredibly good boundary receiving uh, um, uh, uh, coverage. So I think this gives Tate the opportunity to to see a lot of targets come his way in the slot. Um, so I like Tate in this one. Uh, I'm, I'm officially giving the bus label to Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, he's just been completely, uh, uh, passed over in the last five games being out targeted by Golden Tate 23 to 13 in the past three games. He only has 186 yards and no touchdowns over his past five games. So I think Alshon Jeffrey is more or less getting phased out of there. Uh, and Josh Adams, I like overall, but I think this is a really tough spot for him. Um, he, I, th- I get the sense that he's going to be, uh, I, he's hard to outright bench given his volume, but I think he's going to be something of a touchdown or bust option against a Cowboys run defense that hasn't allowed more than 62 yards to a team, to a running back back uh, since week seven. So they've been incredibly stout against the run. So he's uh, concerning this week. I think he has, you know, if he gets in the end zone, of course, he's going to be useful. Uh, but he could be a little sketchy. Fair enough. And you're not worried about any of those other running backs where they have like 11 running backs? Yeah, I know. Uh, the, the, the six-headed monster or whatever. No, not really. I mean, Clement has re- has been receiving some run in the passing game. Uh, uh, Smallwood, Smallwood has been from. completely phased out. Um, so, yeah. And, 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 Sproles, and, and is Sproles is back. And he might catch a few passes. But, uh, no, I'm not I'm not particular. I'm not interested in playing any of those guys. And I'm not really worried about them cutting into uh, to, uh, Adams' volume. Okay, cool. For the Cowboys, uh, you're firing up Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper for sure. I'm not sure that you're, you're even considering anybody else. Cole Beasley has uh, has an injury. He may not play this week. Uh, but for those three, um, versus the Eagles, uh, Dak Prescott um, had 270 yards, which is the most he'd had on the season uh, outside of Washington game uh, two weeks ago. But Dak had 270 last time they played in Philadelphia. Of course, he's getting great uh, rushing abilities as well. He scored a touchdown on the ground in one, two, three, four, five of his last seven games, which is quite impressive. That I mean, Dak's a name that I forgot to mention earlier when I was mentioning rushing quarterbacks, um, but he certainly is getting it done. And Zeke Elliott went 19 for 151 in a touchdown <laughs> versus the Eagles last time they played six for 31 and a touchdown and Zeke has been absolutely on fire the last five weeks and Amari Cooper as well has had um eight receptions in the last two games uh and again the um the uh, Cowboys were able to stick it to the uh Saints last week uh to get that big win there so I think that they're they're on fire and with this game being at home um, the Cowboys really need to get this win to separate themselves, and I, I, I think that they, I think that they do so. Uh, but fantasy wise, I would fire them up. Another name to, to consider and, and keep under eye here down in the fantasy playoffs is Michael Gallup, yes, who had a nice resurgent last week with five catches for seventy six yards. And they play the Eagles this week, of course, but then they played Indianapolis, they play Tampa Bay, and then the Giants. If you're playing in Week Seventeen, which you shouldn't be, but if you are, uh, he has a great schedule down the stretch there. So you're firing up Zeke. Prescott and uh, Omari Cooper and potentially keeping an eye on Michael Gallup. Uh, let's move into Arizona. We've got the Cardinals hosting the Lions. All right, cool. Uh, hell of a game here. I'll go ahead and take the, <laughs> I'll go ahead and take the, uh, let's see, I'll take the Lions here. Uh, I will make a plug for Kenny Galladay. I think some people were concerned about Bruce Ellington last week after he, he uh, out fantasy performed him uh, fairly considerably. But I think it's worth noting that Galladay's received at least eight targets each of the past four games. Last week, he had a bunch of just kind of almost moments. He uh, failed to keep a foot in bounds on a touchdown pass. He had another long reception where the same thing happened. Um, so so I get the sense that he's still the the man over there. Um, I think his overall volume might get too, might not get too amazing against uh, uh, the game that is probably going to be somewhat slow paced, but I still think he's a solid receiving option. Clearly the number one over there at this point, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know if it's, if you can get that excited about Larry Fitzgerald anymore at this point. Um, but I will say he is a target hog over there. He's had at least 20% of the Arizona targets in six of the past seven weeks. Um, Detroit has been absolutely thump- uh, thumped by slot receivers. Um, and uh, Christian Kirk put on IR, so he is no longer an option. Uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald stands to be a pretty monstrous target hog this week. Um, a much better option at home usually yeah. as well. Yep, yep, yep. I realize I'm now talking about both teams, so sorry about that. That's fine. I just kind of 
on autopilot here. I'll fill in the blanks. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll finish off talking about uh, the the Lions, which isn't much. Uh, I'm staying far away from Matt Stafford in all weeks, pretty much. That 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 remains here. A um, couple, a few flyers, I think, on, on Detroit though. Bruce Ellington, I will make a somewhat of a plug for him. Uh, he's received quite a few targets the last last few weeks. He's only turned them into 115 total yards since he's basically the wide receiver version of Theo Riddick, who I'm going to talk about in a second. Uh, but you know, uh, definitely that type of volume is still useful in PPR leagues. Um, and everything I just said applies to Theo Riddick. Um, again, he doesn't have a ton of yards, but he is, uh, he has been a, a running back three or better in five straight games due to his receiving upside. Um, so I think he's uh, a solid uh, uh, PPR receiving back. Um, and, and LeGarrette Blunt, as much as the guy frustrate me, frustrates me as a touchdown vulture, um, it seems like on Johnson is unlikely to play, um, making Blunt another guy that's going to uh, uh, potentially vulture touchdowns uh, against a defense that has allowed a ton of rushing touchdowns. So, um, so uh, Blunt makes for something of a flyer play as well. Yeah, it doesn't look like carry on Johnson will play, unfortunately. Yeah. For the Cardinals side, David Johnson, I know he was frustrating last week getting vultured twice by uh, Chase Edmonds on the goal line there, but I think he'll be just fine this week against the Lions. Um, he has seen at least 20-plus uh, touches in his last five games. He should be just fine this week. I don't expect much out of Chase Edmonds, although I would keep an eye. And if you have David Johnson, you best go get Chase Edmonds just in case as a handcuff. But um, this is definitely a name to keep in dynasty circles. Uh, you mentioned Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, uh, Josh Rosen. We're not playing him yet. And Ricky Seals-Jones, I'm tired of making a case for him, man. Yeah, I've had his back multiple weeks this season in plus matchups with this. This is one as well. But unfortunately, I can't back up a guy that's had one catch in uh, for each of the last three games and five yards, five yards, ten yards. Oof. Unfortunately, not, not getting it done there, so he's not reliable. I can't, I can't do that. Unfortunately, no touchdowns since week three for Ricky Seals. Right. That's ugly. Let's move on here. We've got Dub Bears and the Rams oh, Sunday night football. This is going to be a hell of a football game. I'm really excited to uh, watch this one. Um, who are you feeling on this one? I'll feel. I'll take the Bears. Uh, I, I like the Bears in this one. Um, I think my main man in this in this game is going to be Tariq Cohen. To be honest, uh, he's in. He's been lower than running back number seventeen in just two of his past nine games, which is actually pretty remarkable. So he's. I he struck me as somebody that was going to be a boom bust, but he's actually had something a, a pretty consistently high floor. Um, so he's been amazing, and the Rams have actually, for all their prowess, have allowed quite a few receiving touchdowns to running backs. So. I get the sense that Cohen might be in for a big spot here. Um, Trubisky is expected to return, as I understand it. Um, I think he's been as matchup dependent in any, as any fantasy option at quarterback. Um, the Rams, interestingly enough, have uh, have uh, allowed quite a few fa- fantasy points to to quarterbacks. Um, uh, even if you remove their game versus Pat Mahomes, where he threw for eight hundred thousand yards, um, mm-hmm. they still rank you know nineteenth. So they have they have been. Uh, 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 vulnerable although i will say uh uh Aqib Talib's return you know conti- will continue to probably have a positive impact on the rams defense making trubisky somewhat risky but uh you know i think he could do worse than him at this point and then the the sort of two-headed receiving monster of taylor gabriel and uh and alan robinson i don't know if you call that a monster but it's uh they're both viable wide receiver three sort of flex options i would say um in terms of bus potentials on the bears i think uh your boy trey burton Another guy that I'm tired of making excuses for. I still think he's ownable in fantasy leagues due to the dearth of, of talent at the tight end position. Healthy talent, I should say. Go get Shaheen. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> might, just, just forget. It. Yeah, you could just you know you could just say you throw your hands up and say fuck it, I'm done with this guy. Um, ultimately, his inactivity is just too tough to continue to disregard. So he scares the crap out of me. Rest this week, I'm avoiding him. Uh, Anthony Miller, I like as a player, um, and he leads the team in touchdown receptions. But ultimately, he's had three or fewer catches. In eight of his past 11 games, he's reached 50 yards in a game just once. Um, he chased the touchdown, but it's just that's uh, you know not something I'm super keen on doing most of the time. And then finally, Jordan Howard. Uh, Jordan Howard's garbage. He's been inside of the top 30 scorers. Uh, he hasn't been inside of the top 30 scorers since week nine. He's been averaging running back 41 status in the past eight games without getting into the end zone. Uh, I'm, I'm staying far away from Jordan Howard at this point. Fair enough. Another note quickly on uh, Mitchell Trubisky. He is averaging 7.1 yards per carry this season, mm-hmm. which is the most in the NFL with a minimum of 35 carries. So he's certainly another quarterback with the running ability, which I think is kind of the new wave. The uh, pocket passer is right. phasing out of the NFL most certainly. Uh, for the Rams, I mean, 
you fire everybody up. I think you just have the temporary expectations for everybody on the Rams. Uh, they are going against the Bears, who are incredible. And this game is in Chicago, of course, under the lights. It's notable that Jared Goff um, is extremely uh, solid in primetime games. Uh, Todd Gurley's Todd Gurley. Don't need to talk about him. Robert Woods and uh, Brandon Cook are interesting. Um, Robert Woods, I think, is the most reliable as far as the the floor goes and the consistency. But Brandon Cooks has um, uh, last week he had just 62 yards, but before that he had three consecutive 100 yard games uh, there. So um, I think you know again possible big games from either one of these guys, but uh, um, temporary expectations all around. And our boy Josh Reynolds. Quick quick thought on Josh Reynolds versus the Bears. I'm not loving Josh Reynolds. Again, he's just become he's become a largely sort of touchdown only option. I mean, unless you think that this game is going to be like the game with the Chiefs where it's going to be a high not. scoring back and forth game, which I don't think it Absolutely will. Absolutely not. Uh, Josh Reynolds scares me this week, to be perfectly honest, as, as much as it pains me to say that. Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm, he's a hold. Roster him. Do not drop him. He has upside. Just I don't like him in this one. Fair enough. Totally agree. Let's get to our final game of the week. Monday Night Football. Uh, the uh, Russell Wilson's face off against the Vikings. This one is a big game. Uh, the winner of this is is much, much closer to securing a, a playoff spot. The loser of this is uh, in, in danger of missing the playoffs altogether here. For sure, yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and take the Russell Wilsons here, and I'll start by talking about someone who's not Russell Wilson, Chris Carson. Uh, <laughs> Chris Carson uh, is actually amazingly been as steady as they come. He's been in a running back two or better in six of his past seven games. Um, uh, the Vikings, however, do, of course, have a very stout rushing defense. Um, but uh, but I still think Carson, based on volume and the fact that he has been uh, particularly consistent, um, uh, represents you know a solid, if not necessarily spectacular, play. I am actually, believe it or not, a little concerned about Russell Wilson in this one. This hurts me because I am playing him in one of our leagues in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Um, but he has made his living off of touchdown efficiency on low volume. And that, I think, is just going to be difficult to sustain against Minnesota. Um, they've allowed multiple touchdown passes in just two games this season. That's the fewest in the league. Um, Russell Wilson has been absolutely lights out, but it's it's purely based on touchdown efficiency. He does not have the volume that scares me in this particular matchup to some extent. And that, what I just said, extends to the main receivers over there. Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin scare me. I think they, they uh, um, uh, are both touchdown dependent at this point, um, and they don't necessarily strike me as, as amazing options to be deploying this week. So uh, as, as much as I like the Seahawks overall as a team in terms of fantasy relevance, um, I, they make me a little nervous this week. Chris Carson and Russell Wilson, of course, you're, you know, if you have them, you're probably playing them, uh, but, but I would temper your expectations. Okay, fair enough. And a quick note that might make you feel a little bit better for Russell Wilson. Uh, he has been elite on deep passes, throwing a touchdown on 25% of his deep pass attempts, the highest rate mm-hmm. among 34 qual- uh, qualifying quarterbacks this makes year. It, so. Makes me feel a little better. So, <laughs> you know, but but I, I agree. I mean, Minnesota's defense is tough here for sure, but yeah. uh, Russell turned four touchdowns uh, or turned, what, 150 yards yeah. into four touchdowns last week. So <laughs> we like to see the efficiency there. Uh, last but not least, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I, I love love Thielen. I love Diggs. Uh, I'm not crazy about Cousins. Uh, unfortunately, I just uh, I, I think that you know he he potentially is going to struggle under the big lights there and in Seattle. It's a tough place to play. I could see him getting rattled. So I think you can fire him up if if he's your best option. I wouldn't necessarily stream somebody over him per se, uh, but I I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on Kirk Cousins there. And just a quick note on uh, Dalvin Cook, who has certainly been uh, you know gaining his traction a little bit the last couple of weeks. Last week in particular in New England. He was targeted 10 times out of the backfield to complement his 9.3 yards per carry as well. So looks like they're starting to feed um, uh, Dalvin Cook as much as possible. He was able to get 17 total touches, by far the most on the season. So hopefully he can gain some traction here uh, down the fantasy playoffs. But again, let's not forget about um, uh, Deltavius Murray, excuse me, who is um, potentially in his way. But Dalvin Cook is certainly workhorse there. So. In uh, in in conclusion, I'm going to start with confidence, Thielen, Diggs, and Dalvin Cook in this game. Uh, but I'm a little bit concerned about uh, Kirk Cousins, and I'm not. I'm just not a Kyle Rudolph guy. Uh, another thing to note that the uh, Seattle Seahawks have the number one uh, rushing offense in the league, which is nice for Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the uh, Minnesota Vikings have the 30th ranked offense.
that'll do it. Uh, tomorrow, Curly will join us for the final episode of the week. Make sure to email your start sit questions to our email address, tckbot at gmail.com, and DM us on the Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. Go get that win, family. Good luck in week 14. Thank you so much for listening. And for Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.